Good day, everyone. Cheers. This is a little thing we like to call Thursday night appetizer. Appetizing. Yep. Um, he's Sam. I'm Charles. We are here at Holy Family. Sam, what about the disclaimer? I think we should unleash it. The views and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Diocese of Hamilton or Holy Family Parish or the Catholic Church worldwide or Pope Francis. Or Cardinal Burke. Or Cardinal Burke, or he who should not be named. But they probably should be. But they probably should be. That's something Sam and I could agree on. Yep. Um, Sam, big news, really big news that you and no one out there cares about. What? Canada won bronze in the World ba Basketball Championship. Bronze! <laughs> That's the best medal we've had since... They first played international basketball in 1936. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, good for Canada. Led by Hamilton's own Shea Gildas Alexander. Way to go, Canada. You won almost. A bronze. They beat Third the U.S. Down. for bronze. The U.S. got nothing. Oh, right on. Yeah. It's nice to beat the Americans. Hey, something else. Big news. Big news. Look. The Chosen Season 2. Look at that. Um, there's, no, there's no dates on this particular graphic here, but... Um, October 2nd, put up, put up the 2nd there, Charles. The 2nd, it's a Monday. We're going to break into the week in a positive way. What? What the heck's going on? Oh, no. What is that sound? Your technology, obviously. You said break into the week in a positive way, and we got the goofy music. Weird. Did it, we disappear, too? No. We're still there. Still there? Oh, Who's the guy with the big nose? What? Jesus. In the picture, obviously, Jesus. That's, why did that start like that? Well, it's obviously the AI taking over. Weird. It's stuck. Start off the weekend. That phone doesn't even have a phone number or a SIM card or anything. Well, I don't know. That's weird. Okay, so anyway, um, yeah, October 2nd, we're going to break into the week of October 2nd in a big way by showing The Chosen, Season 2, Episode 1, at the Hanover Paramount Theater at 7.30 p.m., October 2nd. Free. It's free. You get a free popcorn and a pop. If you come, there's no excuse for not inviting someone. Right, Charles? Absolutely. I think it's great. I just started oh. watching part of season one again. Yeah. Season one's better than season two, I'll admit. But I think season three might be even better. I think season three might be even better. But anyway, we're going to struggle through season two. No, it's good. It's still good. a good season. Um, anyway, put that on your calendar, in your phone, however you want to. Keep track of that. And the week, every week after that for f seven more weeks. Every week after that on Wednesday night, starting with a meal at 6, video at 6.45, child care provided. Um, what else? Fellowship, a little con conversation. A little conversation at the end with some like-minded individuals, maybe not like-minded. And penetrating questions from Penetrating me. questions from Charles. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, join us. If you know anyone who's sort of vaguely interested in, in Christianity or the church or anything like that, or just has questions, it's not Alpha, but it's a good way just to focus on who Jesus is and what he was doing. And I think it's a, it's a great starting point for a lot of people, or if anyone has been even at church group like I have for years, 
it's a really good reminder of Jesus, which I like a lot about that. Every time I think about anything that is church-related materials and I don't see Jesus up front, I kind of worry because what's the point without him? Yeah, and the church church has kind of a bad rap. I mean, if people focus on the people in the church too long, they get dis <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> you. Yeah, but um, what I like about The Chosen is it really puts you kind of in touch with who Jesus is. And a reminder that those he chose were people a lot like That's right. We have a, we see ourselves in the apostles and in that motley crew mm -hmm. of uh, misfits. The metal band? Yeah. Motley crew? Yeah. What? No, they're they're just a bunch of misfits, oh, okay. basically. You know, you're like, where did where did you get these guys? You know? And um, however, there's hope for all of us. So uh, that's all I want to say about that. We should get into the backgrounder. Sun is setting. Not really, the sun's just coming out. Only, oh, okay. In theory, when you're watching this, the sun may be already set. Thursday In night. Theory. All right, backgrounder. What are we talking about today? We're talking about debt. Oh, okay. Uh, so, debt. here's the backgrounder. We're all in debt. We're born in debt. Mm -hmm. None of us comes into the world ahead of the game. We owe our existence to our parents. The earth provides a, hospital, a hospitable environment with air, water, and the food we need to live. Our very abilities are a gift. And behind it all, we owe everything to God. In other words, we're in debt. The debt grows. Uh, so in the passage we're going to look at in just a moment, Peter's going to ask Jesus a very serious question. He's trying to show Jesus that he understands the importance of forgiveness. To forgive seven times, which is what he suggests we should do, seems like and would be and is a big deal. But Peter needs to learn that he's in even deeper debt than he knows. And not only does it accumulate, but it grows because we are sinners in an even greater way. So we're under this huge burden of debt. The fact is we have no hope except for the gift of Jesus' life for ours. And eternity without God actually lies ahead of us. And because, again, because we're sinners, we're, we're doomed. Jesus wants Peter to know that our eternal, infinite debt... We have another, another upbeat positive song? No, okay. Well, that was it. Jesus wants Peter to know that our eternal, infinite debt will be forgiven. He also wants to remind all of us listening to this conversation that we too stand to benefit from God's mercy. Mm -hmm. The doors to heaven are open to us because Jesus has paid the price. His death on the cross has redeemed us because we are slaves to sin and death. The infinite price was paid so that we could receive the Father's mercy. We are all like the prodigal son, we hear about in Luke chapter 15, who's welcomed home again. So disciples of Jesus, like Peter and Sam and me, maybe you, have a huge responsibility. We are to become like pipelines of mercy, stretching from God to each person we meet. Everyone must know and experience the gracious and forgiving love of God and see the Father's heart in our lives and in our actions. And that is our backgrounder for this week. Thank you, Charles. We're talking about mercy. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Debt, pardon debt. me. Food. Payment of debt. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm in. I guess I'll stay. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father in heaven, we praise and thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for um, your death on the cross, which canceled our debt, the debt that we owed for our, uh, as a punishment for our sin. Um, we thank you for becoming an atonement for our sin and for becoming the lamb that was slain, the sacrificial lamb uh, slain on our behalf. 
And so, Lord, with that in mind, we enter this time of reflection and of uh, discussion. We ask you, Lord, to be your Holy Spirit to be here, to wash over us, to inspire us as we read your word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. This is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. Matthew chapter 18. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. This is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had his fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart.
like to get started, Sam? Sure. Um, so the word that stood out to me was the word anger. Hmm. And the reason it stood out to me is because um, in the story, there's there's two things, like like two contrasting events, mm -hmm. right? One where the the servant who owes a lot is like begging for mercy, and the other one where he is, you know, not showing that same the same mercy he received to his fellow servant. Sure. I understand that part, but it doesn't go. I don't think it goes super well with the idea of seven times seven. So what Jesus implies when he's talking to Peter is that you must forgive your neighbor, your brother, not seven times, 77 times, which is like an infinite amount. Sure. More or less. Yep. Yep. Uh, but then in the story, there isn't, he, he doesn't just forgive him again. He, you know, he doesn't say like the master has had enough, right? Yep. Sort of reaches his limit. Yep. Um, and I guess that's the reason the word anger stood out to me is, um, I think, I think there's two mistakes people make. One, that God doesn't have a limit. <laughs> like that, that basically we won't have to answer for anything we've done. And that God will never be angry, sort of what he's implying here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's that. There's like the sort of like, uh, you know, God's merciful. Forget it. You know, I can forget about it. And, you know, he said, forgive 70 times 7. That's an infinite number. So I don't have to behave myself. It's kind of what one of the fallacies. And the other fallacy is that God jumps to anger. It's like this judgmental, right? That, that mercy isn't first. Um, you know, like I, I encounter a lot of people who are just like, I think deep down they, they feel like they can't go to God because of what they've done or, right? Yeah. And uh, because they're afraid, he'll, he's just angry all the time. Um, and I think that's a mistake too. I think, I think it's clear in the story that, that God wants... He loves to show us mercy, right? He desires to show us mercy. Um, but then again, we're, we're still responsible. We still have to answer for all of our decisions. And um, I think that that's throughout scripture. You know, he, he sort of has a limit. His mercy has a limit. I don't know. My word was the word debt. This might tie in. So it's, I think it's kind of important. It's actually Peter who asks the question. And he's, he's sort of boasting. Like the passage from last week, this, just a few verses right before this passage are about how Jesus tells his disciples, his followers, that they are to seek to reconcile with people who have sinned against them and that the church has a responsibility to, to, to take on that role of reconciliation when two people can't work it out and then they bring someone else to help. Right. They can't. So this is just right before these verses. Jesus has basically has given a responsibility to his followers. And, so, and uh, I learned this recently from you, that this is one of the only two verses that use the word church in the four accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection in the Gospels. The church has a responsibility. So the church has a responsibility, and Peter has already been asked by Jesus to lead the church to be its foundation. So I think he's trying to say, I get it, Jesus. You mean, I've got to figure out my brother seven times. A little bit of stuff that could have been the backgrounder. I guess in the book of the prophet Micah, chapter 1, chapter 2, repeatedly, uh, it says that God forgives three times, but not a fourth. Hmm. So the idea was, that's a lot already. Like, God forgives over and over and over three times. And so the idea of a righteous man in, in the biblical Judaism would be someone who would be like God who would forgive three times. So Peter is saying, you know, I'm way more than the righteous man that, that the Bible requires. Three times two plus one, seven. Anyway... So Peter's kind of boasting that he, or 
thinking he understands it, maybe feeling a little smug. I think that's a setup. Mm -hmm. my, that's what I see. My word is the word debt. My word is that because everyone who's a follower of Jesus has accepted his offer of salvation, has incurred an infinite debt that we can't repay. I think he's basically saying to Peter and to us, all of his followers then and now, you have such a huge debt you can never repay it. So when you start trying to calculate a finite way of responding, the answer will be, nope, you didn't yet catch up with what you owe my father. You'll never catch up with what you owe my father. You owe my father so much because you have accepted the gift of salvation, the price for which was Jesus' life, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like I was sort of thinking about it, but in a way, what defines a Christian is someone is under a debt they, they can't pay. Right. And it's never totally pay off, never pay off the debt. It's, it's totally dependent on the mercy of the the debtor, our debtor. That is our debt e, the, our creditor. Our creditor, right? Creditor. God, our that, creditor. That debtor, creditor. The debtor is someone who owes me a creditor. Oh, okay. Someone who I so owe. our creditor. Yeah, we're like we're we owe we because we can never pay it no matter Ever. what we do. Right. We're we're totally at the mercy of the person that we owe we owe it to. Right. Yep. And which we, is God. We just can't repay. And we have been forgiven an infinite debt. That is, the price for the forgiveness was infinite, the life of Jesus. Yeah, it cost the, the Son of God. Right. The life of the Son of God. Well, I think this is kind of converging with what you were saying. Uh, because mercy is for everyone, and God's mercy is infinite. So really this is saying, okay, you guys work it out amongst yourselves, and we're going to get it wrong. I, that's why I, th I think Jesus is saying to Peter and to us, You'll probably, you'll probably make mistakes, but you have to keep trying, keep forgiving, keep forgiving, keep forgiving, because you'll never add up to how much you've already been. That brings me to my second word, Oh, which is patient. I like that word too. That was, that was my second word was as it? well. Yeah. 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 Patient. I love the word patient. Yeah. Uh, in this, and especially in this story, mm -hmm. because um, be patient with me, mm -hmm. right? Um, they both say that. They both say, be patient with me and I will pay you back. Right. Both. The, the initial servant and the one that comes to him later. Yeah. Servant A and servant, servant B. Servant A and word. servant B. Servant B has the giant debt to the master, which can't repay, it's forgiven. Servant B comes to servant A and says, but you forgive my little debt. Right. And he, they and both he ask will. for patience, your point. Right. They, they, they both, they both, yeah, they both Be beg for patience, right? Right. From their creditor. Mm -hmm. um, I love that because I, I just think that, uh, how to put it, it kind of explains God's approach to mercy, I guess, or approach to us in a, in a big way. He's very patient with us, thank God. But um, it says somewhere else in the scripture that God, the scriptures that God desires everyone to come to him, mm -hmm. to come to the full knowledge of the truth mm -hmm. to, and to come to salvation. He doesn't want any of his little ones to be lost. Sure. Right? Um, he, loves, he loves you. He loves us. And he cares about us. And he's patient with us. He knows that even though, you know, it's sometimes we, we might know right from wrong and all of the, the way we should live, that, that we're going to fall, that we're going to fail. And he's patient, right? Like the, like the master here. So the, the master gives in to the servant A's first um, request, which is to be patient. Right. And, and that's, that is how God approaches us. He's, he's patient with us. He's, he's, he gives us time. He gives us the time we need. And we're so quick to like, to be like, to rush things and not be patient with our, 
fellow man with each other with and each with, other. with people. That's what, I think that's kind of what. So Peter is actually asking, "How much should I forgive?" Right? I'm willing to forgive a lot. Isn't that great? He just said, "No, a lot's not enough. You can never forgive enough." And I mean, there are some obvious practical issues that arise, which should be which we talk probably talk about for a minute. Which is that this does not mean allowing yourself to be used or abused by other people, right? Um, I, I I do a little Bible study each week at the nursing home where I work, and um, I found this quote which I shared with them, which I would only share with everyone here, which people seem to respond to, which is that so one Christian writer said. Refusing to forgive someone else is like drinking poison and wishing the other person would die. Because when you don't forgive... I've heard that before. Yeah, so I think it's, that's a quote that's out there. When you don't forgive, there's something you're holding on to that is actually destroying you. However, practically, this, this is worth talking about. I'll ask you. So what if you can't go to the person you want to forgive because they've harmed you and they might be harming you again if you went to them <laughs> right. and talk to them, right? Yeah. You've probably known lots of people in that situation, mm. oh, I yeah. imagine. So what does forgiveness look like for someone who wants to offer forgiveness but can't actually approach that other person? Yeah, it doesn't always have to be like, um, I guess, like a conjugal thing. Conjugal? Like, yeah, like a give and take. Like okay. a, conjugal refers to husband and wife Okay, but I, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah, uh, that's not what I mean. Yeah. I mean in like a, like a, like it, do, it doesn't have to involve the giving and taking in person. Mm-hmm. But um, you can release someone by forgiving them. So something I I've always thought of is that when you forgive someone, you you release them and you release yourself. Right. You're sort of bound together. In one sense, um, if you can't be with the person for whatever reason, maybe they're har- they've harmed you, mm-hmm. or they um, it's just not practical. Yeah. Wouldn't be helpful. Whatever. Yeah. In some ways, and and if there needs to be a distance between you, forgiving them allows that distance to take place. Right, because you're not holding on to that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like an for unforgiveness is like an attachment you have to that person in that event mm, or those series like that. of events. Yeah. And when you when you forgive from the heart, it doesn't have to be something that's said. It doesn't right. even have to be something that you receive back. Yep. It could be something you do. Maybe if the other person doesn't forgive you, okay, yep. or hasn't asked for forgiveness or whatever. The fact that you forgive in your heart actually releases you from them. That's it's and, and that's free. literally the phrase that Jesus uses in case people don't yep. remember. Unless you forgive your brother from your heart, so it'll be done and for you. It, and it happens in a tangible way to the second, to, to servant A, when the master finds out about mm-hmm. his unforgiveness, right? He right. throws him in jail, right? He right. binds him up. And that's what happens to us when we hold on to unforgiveness. We mm-hmm. get bound up. And um, further, further harm comes to us. In a way, it's you're, easy to say. If someone has, <laughs> has actually harmed you, you're giving them more power over you, over you by not forgiving them. Even though it feels like a sign of weakness to forgive, like a, a feels like a kind of weakness to forgive, it's actually a, a sign that you are taking charge of the situation you're in. Something else I was thinking about, which I, again, I, I'm thinking you know quite a few people in the situation. Sometimes a person who's harmed you is dead. Yeah. Could, yeah. could have been a family member, for instance. I sadly hear about so many people who have been harmed by family members from the previous generations yep. who died, then what do you do? It's still important to know that we're still spiritually connected to people after they die. That's one of the, the great things about uh, Christianity, the Bible, and specifically the Catholic faith. We really emphasize our connection to the dead because within that what is called communion, the spiritual communion we have with the dead, 
we can offer forgiveness. Um, one of my favorite things that Pope Benedict says is um, said in one of his letters on hope is that prayer is not limited by time, meaning you can pray for people who've died. You pray for the past. Yep. Yeah. God can heal things in us and even in our ancestors that took place in the past. Oh yeah, um, healing healing of our ancestors' mm -hmm. sins and trauma we, we inherited. Yeah, that's actually a real thing and a big thing. Um, and even we have the Catholic custom uh, and a really important one for us is praying for those who have died. We pray for them because we're still united with them, and in some sense, God's healing can go back in time, and we share that that ministry of prayer with the dead. They yeah. can pray for us, we can pray for them. Hebrews refers to the great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. Yeah, and we call it the communion of saints. Yeah. We say it in the creed, mm -hmm. right? That we're still in communion, we're still bonded with the, the dead, um, those in purgatory, those in heaven. I also think Jesus is talking to us as a community, not just to us as individuals, so that like the world is so messed up, and certainly the church is too, we know that, but we're actually called to be a sign of hope for the world that there is actually hope of uh, forgiveness and reconciliation and that there are people ultimately, we would say on earth, the saints inspired by God and with the, his grace and spirit, his Holy Spirit, who can actually show us what it's like to be a, a community the way that God, God wants us to be. Because we're so divided. It's just part of life. Um, if you don't think forgiveness is a powerful thing, like if you're watching and you're like, I could never do that or Mm -hmm. What's the big deal, right? I mean, I think all of it, it'd, it'd probably be, you probably don't find too many people that don't struggle with forgiveness, at least a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, every, it's a universal yep. problem we have, right? Yeah. Is being able to forgive those that have hurt us. Mm -hmm. every, I think everybody probably has something. Mm -hmm. um, just listen to or, or watch, uh, there's lots of clips um, that I've seen that, that, that outline forgiveness and its real life impact, it's really powerful stuff, yeah. really powerful. Um, one that comes to mind is one that's in the al the adult alpha version. Right. Of, um, it's, so it's a, this is a man that was part of the genocide that happened in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. So they went through villages and just tortured, raped, killed everyone there essentially. And the only people that survived were people that were hiding. So the story is that there's a, this, this one guy was part of that. He was part of the group that went in and did that to those people. And then there was a child that had hidden while he was, while they were there that managed to escape and was hit and was hidden and didn't. So, and lost his like mother, his grandmother, his brothers, everybody else in the family died except him. Anyway, he found it in his heart to forgive. And now they're like partners and they have a community Wow. Four people affected by war crimes in Africa. And they live in the same like house. They're like they're like basically brothers. Hmm. The the guy who perpetrated the crime upon this man and his family and the man who survived. And it's all because he was able to forgive, right? The guy who died the guy who survived the genocide. It's a really amazing story. It's kind of also, and I'm sorry, I'm looking as we're as you were talking, but I, I do remember the uh, the the uh, seeing the the, the depiction. The, well, hearing the guy, the, the people talk in the video, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's also ultimately from the cross. Jesus says, 
Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. I mean, that's really the source of our ability to forgive in a way that goes beyond what we can do by ourselves. Jesus offers forgiveness to everyone, and he really wants to entrust that ability to forgive that is divine, really divine in its origin, to us. It's such a big deal to me. Um, I love 2 Corinthians 5, which has this passage about how we're supposed to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Mm. I love ambassadors of reconciliation as a, as, a, as a characteristic of someone who follows Jesus. Obviously, for our own relationships, but also to look around us in our communities, in our neighborhoods, even in our families, and say, like, actually, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm, as a follower of Jesus, we are actually responsible to do what we can for reconciliation for people around us. That's kind of a strange thing, but we actually care a lot about that. We should. Mm -hmm. That's what this is about. It's like forgiveness is the practice that, that really is fun, foundational to being a Christian. Being forgiven and having this infinite debt, which kind of incites in us this gift of forgiveness that we wouldn't humanly... Like this, these are Christians, right, in this, this particular community you're talking about. It's something I've, I've thought about when, in particular with the, with like evangelical communities, mm -hmm. like pe people that I have lots of friends who are evangelicals. Yeah. Something that seems to kind of set them apart, tell me if you relate to this. Okay. Is a constant awareness of their own need for God's mercy. Like almost like a, I, I know Catholics like this too, but like, like just kind of walking in that. Mm-hmm. Con like constantly, I don't know, not, not like always feeling guilty about every little thing, but like just always recognizing that I was in debt and I've been forgiven my debt. Sure. Right? And that's, like you said, it's where like the rest of our sharing of the faith comes from, right? I was in, I'm in this boat too. It's not like I'm, I'm giving you something I don't, I didn't need, you know, or I'm. Don't need. It's not Present like, oh, you're the sinner, I'm not. Yeah. So I'm telling you about your sins so that you can come onto this side. No, it's sure. like together, the two of us both need God's mercy. Let's both go for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like that attitude, the, the attitude that from, uh, from which evangelization seems to come. Yeah. I, I've just noticed that uh, about people that are, that are good evangelists. Can right. I ask about the word debt? Because this might affect the way. You like the word debt. You're stuck I do like on the word that, debt. I'm stuck on the word debt. I'm in debt. Are you? Nope. No, I hate that. Good for oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's something I should say. I hate debt. I've never been in debt my whole life. Never been in debt. Isn't that weird? Very. Anyway, I've never been in debt because I hate it so much. I'm so afraid of it. But I think maybe part of it is for me, it's, it's giving up control. Hmm. I don't want to give up control, so I don't want to be in debt, which may be spiritually a problem. Oh, I just realized something about myself because actually I'm in infinite debt. When you're in debt, you're actually kind of like, that means you've got a creditor. In this case, God, he knows all about you. He knows where you live. He like owns you, kind of. He does own you. Yeah. You belong to Christ. That's what Paul writes. And you're basically at his mercy, too. Continually. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't stop. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it, a debt is a burden, really. Yes. It's absolutely. an obligation to repay. It's called the burden of debt. <laughs> yep. It's an obligation to pay back something that you cannot pay back in this case. Yep. You know what happens when you can't pay back a debt? You lose whatever it is that you, you lose everything. You lose everything when you can't pay back a debt, humanly speaking. You lose your house, you lose your, all your assets, you lose your income. Depends who your creditor is. I know. But, but basically the idea is that everything you have belongs to the person or the institution from whom you borrowed the money. 
Yep. You have a debt that you can't repay, in this case, to God. So in a way, Christians are out of luck. Welcome to that reality if you're a Christian. Because mm -hmm. we can never repay. Yeah, I kind of like that, actually. Mm -hmm. Kind of puts me on the spot. Become a Christian. You'll get a debt you can never repay. Well, the thing is, you already have the debt. You can't repay. No, it's like aware you don't. You don't until you've accepted the gift of salvation. I would say you have not accepted that. You're just going to hell. Okay. All right. <laughs> Your choices. Is that right? Am I right? Biblically and Christianly and Catholically I speaking? I think more or less, yeah. Then, yeah. A yeah. price has been paid for your life. That's true for I, everyone's I life. recently heard someone say that, um, and I, it's something like similar to what I've said, like that you have to give people the bad news. Right. Um, he, was, he was just saying that like Christianity, being, becoming a Christian doesn't make the world better. It makes it worse. It makes it seem worse to you. Yeah. Because you suddenly, you're, what you're, you, you are embracing a reality that actually is quite dark. In a way, well, compared right? to, I, I just mean I don't no, mean I that. I, I don't mean it's not. There's no light. Obviously, like in the light of God's mercy, for instance, our yes. debt is actually a good thing. Oh, happy fault! Oh, necessary sin of Adam, said yeah. Saint Paul, mm -hmm. um, which gained for us so great a redeemer. Right? If we mm -hmm. hadn't sinned, there would be no redeemer. It's actually greater in the cosmic scheme of things that sin happened in the first place. Um, but it it. When the light comes, it illuminates everything, yeah. right? And you see the darkness around you. You see the the corruption in our like in humanity, and right, it, it makes you aware of the the problem so much more when you mm -hmm. become a Christian. I think that's that's what okay. he was kind of saying. I get it. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say that plus, you're responsible for Jesus' death. Yeah, you accept that reality that you are one of the people who is brought about his death. And one of them is that you're in a debt you can never repay because you're yeah you're just guilty but the good news is look at our creditor he's merciful he's, he's patient and merciful right all we have to do is go to him and say seven up to 77 times 70 times seven times be One thing I, with me, I will repay the debt in full even though you never will <laughs> I, i'm preaching at holy family this sunday i was thinking about focusing on the word as like it's one of the most dangerous words in, in the bible and in at mass forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right. Why would you put that condition in Jesus? He did, though. So mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, it's such a dangerous word, as we forgive those. Because what if we don't? Present tense, what if we don't, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, if you don't, then the first, the, part of the right. first part of the sentence isn't true. In the translation I've got here, it's the word unless. Unless you forgive, you won't get forgiveness. So it says it in here. Yeah, unless. Unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is both sobering and encouraging um, today, Sam, I believe. Hopeful and also weighty. Yeah. Yep. And if you're looking for a place to start, start with forgiveness. Start with a careful examination of the people that have hurt you and mm -hmm. make an effort to really, in the spirit of humility, forgive them from your heart. That would be a good place to start. Hard to do. If you need help, talk to us. I would say, I think that's helped me, I, I know, in forgiving other people, is when you feel like you can't forgive them, just pray. Pray for them. Yeah. The, 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 uh, pray, pray for the desire to forgive when you feel like you don't want to forgive. Pray and ask God to forgive them in a way that you can't. Pray for those who hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, this is a pretty heavy one. It is a heavy one, but that's why we're here. Yeah. So uh, we want to, oh, you're going to got to close in a prayer. Yeah, go ahead. Don't forget The Chosen coming up Monday, October 2nd. Paramount October Theater. 2nd. Yep. Episode one of season two. October 2nd. Season two, October 2nd. Season two, October 2nd. Yep. I will not pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you, God, for your incredible generosity. And we know that when we turn to you, we are burdened with an, a debt that we could never repay. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, who has set us free, who has paid the price for all of our sin, who is made to be sin, who is without sin. And we ask you to inspire all those listening, and Sam and me as well, all those listening, watching, and all of us, to receive your gift of infinite forgiveness and share that with everyone we meet. May your healing come into our hearts and into our lives, into our world, through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been Thursday Night Appetizer. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next week. See you next week.